Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. You've tuned WIA National News, this for week commencing May 19, 2013, and it is the last WIA National News Service for this WIA year. Many of we hams come across radio microphones in our travels, be it churches, schools, sporting events and the like. Well, the Australian Communications and Media Authority has announced changes to frequency ranges used for wireless microphones. The changes are a key plank in supporting the transition of wireless microphones from the digital dividend band. The changes made are arrangements for wireless audio transmitters in the radio communications, the Low Interference Potential Devices Class Licence of 2000. The changes to the class licence means that after 31 December 2014, wireless audio transmitters, including wireless microphones, will no longer be authorised to operate in the frequency range 694 to 820 MHz, the digital divide band. Introduce new arrangements supporting the use of digital wireless audio transmitters in the frequency range 520 to 694 MHz. Introduce new arrangements supporting the use of wireless audio transmitters operating in the frequency range 1790 to 1800 MHz. The ACMA website provides a range of useful material for potentially affected users. www.acma.gov.au RI, that's Rotary International, the world's first volunteer service organisation, is holding its annual convention this year in Lisbon, June 22 to 26, and about 30,000 Rotarians are expected. Rotarians of Amateur Radio, RAW, a fellowship of Rotarians, is activating a special event station, CR6RI, during the convention's exhibition hours, that is 0900 UTC to 1800 UTC. Frequencies to be used will be 14.293, 14.287 and possibly 21.293. More information will be made shortly on qrz.com. Next year, Australia has the privilege of hosting this convention in Sydney and RAW will be activating a special event station to celebrate Rotary in Australia. This is our last broadcast for the WIA year. Our AGM is next weekend in VK6. So a final reminder to discover where to download next weekend's AGM broadcast from, to find out when it is available, and to find out the duration, a must for some automated stations who have the 30-minute set. You must be subscribed to WIA broadcasters at yahoogroups.com conference server. Now, in the last 12 months, or 52 broadcast, we've reached some 125,000 amateurs with RF, texts and netcasts. Of that, an amazing 47,500 were RF check-ins. Adelaide's VK5 RAD achieved the highest check-in tally of over 3,500. Highest on shortwave was in VK6 on 40 metres, some 1,300. And again from the west, the highest medium wave, 160 metres, was achieved with over 600 people calling back or emailing reception reports. So it's thanks to all our rebroadcasters, 
all our regular readers and those who dropped us a recording now and then to share with you, the active radio amateur of The Third Rock. On WIA front page news, that's wia.org.au, a story attributed to our president, Phil Waite, VK2ASD, is a must-read item. In brief, it highlights how your WIA has lodged a submission to the ACMA concerning the high-power trial. The WIA submission is based on responses received from trial participants following a call for information and also on its own observations. The WIA submission notes that the trial appears to have gone very well with licensees generally having a sound understanding of the self-assessment process and the use of EMR assessment tools. The WIA also notes it is not aware of any incidents of interference to other spectrum users or an increase in interference to other radio amateurs or an increase in the noise floor on affected amateur bands. Many responders noticed the advantage of the high power was most evident in contesting, when many stations are calling on the same frequency and all at once, and the relatively small 3 to 4 dB increase in radiated power from 400 watts to 1 kilowatt can make all the difference in being heard. The high power trial commenced March 1, 2012 and concludes 31st of August this year. The ACMA is currently evaluating the success of the trial and is considering if permanent regulatory arrangements are warranted. The WIA would very much like to see the high-power 1 kilowatt limit become a permanent feature for Australian advanced-grade radio amateurs. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May? The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. Less than a week to go, time is running out for you to participate in the Amateur Radio Conference of the Year. You can still register to attend and you don't need to be a member of the WIA. Head on over to the font of information located at conference.vk6.net. While you're there, you can also sign up to operate the VI-103 WIA call sign and promote Amateur Radio with your station or club. Information packs have been sent by email. If you've not received it, get in touch. We've added the list of technical speakers, secured a very special speaker as our dinner guest, and we have a little something happening after dessert on Saturday. Check conference.vk6.net for details closer to the time. Register now and don't miss out. Across Australia from a VK1 WIA you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Aubrey-Wodonga area, it can be heard on both Echolink nodes 1262 on 147.525 and node 264395.146.450 on at 7pm every Sunday evening. With callbacks following, please drop in. I'm John VK, a 3HJQ at Talangata. Hams across Australia. The Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 38th annual field day takes place at Port Macquarie, Saturday 8, Sunday 9 of June. The venue is the Tacking Point Surf Lifesaving Club Hall in Matthew Flinders Drive. That's at Lighthouse Beach, Port Macquarie. There will be all the usual attractions and events over the two days of the field day. The field day dinner will be held at the Port Macquarie Golf Club at 6pm on the Saturday night. Fox hunts will be conducted both days. Sunday is the day for the traders and the trash and treasure tables. There's no charge to sellers, so bring your treasure. 
and don't forget to enter your latest project in the homebrew competition. The famous barbecue lunch will be available both Saturday and Sunday. Mark your calendar now for Port Macquarie on the June long weekend. And you can also visit the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's website. Albury Wodonga Hamfest, that takes place the 28th of July at 10am. The annual Hamfest will be conducted at the First Lavington Scout Hall, Much Street, Lavington. Raising the public profile of Amateur Radio. This reminder from the Midland Amateur Radio Club is of their ongoing efforts to raise the public profile of Amateur Radio, particularly an event with a difference, May 25. Kevin Crockett, VK3CKC, will take to the Axdale end of the O'Keefe Rail Trail, which forms part of the old Heathcote Junction to Bendigo Rail Line. A radio-equipped recumbent tadpole trike has been purpose-built for the event. The club call sign, VK3CMZ, will also have an operating amateur station set up at the Axdale Market, next to the hall, where the public can listen in on 40-metre HF contacts around 7.090. They'll be able to directly communicate with the trike itself on 2 metres via the local VK3 RCV repeater. This is the trike trike makes its way towards the town, accompanied by children from the Axdale Primary School. Automatic Packet Reporting System, or APRS, will be used to display progress on a laptop computer at a display stand at the market, and those who can't attend should be able to follow the trike via APRS.fi and an offer for internet streaming communication audio via www.vk3cmz.com has also been received. Now, for those of you that don't like the American terminology, let's just correct that to www.vk3cmz.com. Okay, the city of Greater Bendigo is currently extending the rail trail to Heathcote, and this event is something of a shakedown for a larger event later in the year that will cover from Bendigo to Axdale or even beyond if any of the extension is ready by then. And it may even be repeated for the WIA National Field Day 2014. The event has attracted proud support from the City of Greater Bendigo Epilogue Ward Councillors, Friends of the Bendigo-Kilmore Rail Trail, Axdale Primary School, Axdale Our Town Our Future Committee, and the Axdale Public Hall Committee. Home Brewers meet at Ashburton. A near full house of the group, held on Saturday, May 4, saw examples of medium and microwave techniques on display in the show-and-tell session. Drew Diamond, VK3XU, and Rob Whitmore, VK3MQ, presented transmitters for the new 630-metre band, while Dave Smith, VK3HZ, described the construction from ex-commercial modules of his 24-gig transverter. The latter produced many thoughtful questions regarding the dish feed. After coffee, Dave VK3HZ went on to present a talk on reverse polarity protection for homebrew equipment, which proved to be very interesting and informative. The next meeting of the homebrewers group will be Saturday, June 1 at 2pm and all are welcome. On display at the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard Ashburton will be the new low-cost spectrum analyzer marketed by Rigol and a good, good opportunity to discover the potential of the instrument for hobby use.
produced by Q News for the WIA. This is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. What use is an F call? This morning I made three QSOs, that is, three contacts with new stations. People who keyed their microphone for the very first time. The thing is, there's nothing to distinguish them from other amateurs. They sound alike, their call sign comes out the way you expect it, and the only challenge for one of the stations was that they were having some minor issues with their transceiver. They were able to hear me, but I wasn't quite able to catch them. I'd forgotten what the thrill was like to have such a contact, and it reminded me of my first on-air interaction. Unfortunately, I forgot to write down, accurately, more accurately, I didn't know to write down, the details. All I can say is that it was on the National Field Day in 2011. I put together my first HF antenna. In fact, it's my current HF antenna and it works very well for me and I was sitting in a park with other amateurs and I made my first contact. I spoke with a Japanese station on 15 metres. We exchanged a signal report and everything worked as expected. These three contacts today reminded me of the thrill that I experienced then. If for no other reason than the thrill, get on air, talk to other amateurs, share your experience, exchange call signs and remember to make a record of your contact. You'll treasure it at some time in the future. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. First radio report of sporting event commemorated... In July 1898, the first reporting by wireless of a sporting event took place in Dublin Bay during the Kingstown Yacht Regatta. At the request of the Express newspaper, Marconi installed wireless equipment aboard the Flying Huntress and transmitted reports to the Harbour Master's office in Kingstown, now Dunlayahare. The results were posted in a window ashore and published even before the yachts had returned to port. To commemorate the anniversary, the Health Martello Radio Group and the South Dublin Radio Club planned to set up two special event stations. As the races took place off Howth Head, one station will operate from the Martello Tower in Howth and the other from the Maritime Museum in Dunlayahare. Plans are at an early stage still, but we will keep you posted on progress. The weekend of the 20th and the 21st of July is proposed for this operation. Sultan orders construction of headquarters for Roars. His Majesty Sultan Qaboos bin Syed has ordered the construction of a permanent headquarters for the Royal Amani Amateur Radio Society, also known as ROARS. The plan was recently unveiled by the Secretary-General of the Royal Amani Amateur Radio Society. In a speech during the opening of the regular session of the General Assembly, the Secretary-General extended the thanks and appreciation of ROARS members to His Majesty the Sultan for the support given to the group since its establishment in the 1970s. He also noted that is what he termed as the wise vision of the Sultan that has played a major role in moving forward with all of the activities that may advance the nation's youth while giving them the opportunity of added scientific and technical progress. SSB using a Raspberry Pi Guido, Papa Echo 1, November, November Zulu, has released code to enable the Raspberry Pi computer board to generate SSB on the 7 and 14 MHz bands. On his blog, he writes, and I quote, 
My code can generate SSB modulation just by controlling a PLL carrier. I have applied this method on the Raspberry Pi PLL and made several contacts on 40 and 20 metre bands with my Raspberry Pi. The Raspberry Pi receives the microphone input via an external USB sound device and to improve the SSB quality, the signal is compounded by an ALOR compression technique. Three parallel BS-170 MOSFETs were directly driven by Raspberry Pi GPIO4 output to create about one watt of RF. On 40 metres I've made several SSB contacts through Europe using this setup, receiving stations back by using a nearby online web SDR receiver. Blog direct SSB generation by frequency modulating a PLL. Concerns over loss of amateur radio repeaters. Rui Doso News reports that the removal of ham radio repeaters from a tower worries emergency service personnel. Tony Davis, president of White Mountain Search and Rescue, said he learned late Wednesday week that the tower on Buck Mountain holding the amateur radio repeater that is owned and maintained by Southwestern Wireless, also a member of Sierra Blanca Amateur Radio Club, was sold to American Tower Corporation. Despite attempts to negotiate an arrangement, American Tower has decided to terminate ham use of the tower effective Friday, Davis said. The lack of backup communications could have serious implications for public safety in Lincoln County. The URL link to this and other WIA news items are best read at wia.org.au. DARC and UBA support amateur radio in Tunisia. Amateur radio could soon have a new life in Tunisia, as we hear from our sister news service in the USA, Amateur Radio Newsline and Norm Seeley, KI7UP. The Deutsche Amateur Radio Club, which is Germany's national amateur radio society, reports that after the political changes in Tunisia, amateur radio in that North African country has a new opportunity to expand. This, as members of the Association of Tunisian Radio Amateurs used World Amateur Radio Day on April 18th to inform that nation's public, and in particular its Minister of Technology, Information and Communications about amateur radio in its various forms. Representatives of the European amateur radio organizations were there to support the event. This included the International Office of the Deutsche Amateur Radio Club in the person of Mustafa Landalsi, DL1BDF. Landalsi gave a presentation on the important role of amateur radio in emergency and disaster situations. The Belgian Federation, the UBA, was also on hand. He explained the history of the development of amateur radio satellites and, in particular, the construction of CubeSat spacecraft and the AMSAT UK Fun Cube satellite. According to reports, the Tunisian minister was quite impressed by the potential of amateur radio. As a result, he has promised to ensure that the necessary statutory basis of granting individual licenses would be created as soon as possible. For Amateur Radio Newsline, Norm Seeley, KI7UP in Scottsdale, Arizona. And finally this week, word that scientists in Uruguay have announced the world's first genetically modified phosphorescent cheap. No, we're not kidding. As we hear from Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, who has this uh, glowing report. 
According to news reports, nine glow-in-the-dark sheep were born in October of 2012 at Uruguay's Institute of Animal Reproduction in a genetics experiment in conjunction with the Institut Pasteur. The scientists say that they used the fluorescent protein from a species of jellyfish to give the sheep a distinct glowing green color when exposed to ultraviolet light. One of the team's lead researchers is Alejo Menchatka. In a recent press conference, he noted that the genetic modification was done in the desire to fine-tune the technique. Other researchers believe that these genetically modified glow-in-the-dark animals can help mankind to better understand diseases and how they develop in both the animal kingdom and in human beings. The scientists say the nine sheep develop normally. They claim there are no differences between them and their non-genetically modified siblings other than they can be made to glow from head to toe. And before you ask, we have no idea if they've been trained to blink on and off in Morse code, nor if they did, would they be considered for bonus points on field day. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, not all that far from the glow of Hollywood. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4 FUQ, Dateline 2013. The Day of the Wales is being held this weekend, 18 and 19 May. VK Shines, June long weekend, 0600 UTC, Saturday, June 8, ends 0600 hours UTC, June 9. Worldwide International Museums Weekends, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. 160 metres phone and 80, 160 metres CW and digital trans-Tasman contest, 20 July, 8pm to 2am. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Current Arctic and Antarctic info needed. John, KL7JR, is once again requesting that if you or any of your radio friends, SWL or ham operators have worked or heard any Arctic or Antarctic stations of late, he would love to hear from you for his monthly Arctic and Antarctic DX column which goes to the Canadian International DX Club for publication in their monthly messenger. Scan copies of QSLs or reception reports from anywhere north of 60 degrees or the Antarctica are also welcomed. You can receive a sample of his column by emailing him. ZL2AGY is active from Rarotonga Island to the 29th of May as both E51FOC and E51AGY. QSLE the virus home called ZL2AGY. Battle of the Atlantic special event. G0ELZ and G3UFO have announced that special event called signs GB70BOA and GB70WA will be on the air between May the 20th and 27th to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the Battle of the Atlantic. Operations using all modes will take place on 80 through 10 metres as well as locally on 144 and 432 MHz. Station operators are hoping to make over 2,800 contacts during this period. A special commemorative QSL card will be available. Awards Victorian Local Government Award this operating award encourages amateur radio activity by contacting Victoria's 79 municipalities. Qualifying VK3 stations need contact 40 different municipalities, while others in VK require 30 and DX stations 20 municipalities.
Check out the Amateur Radio Victoria website for the full rules, how to apply, useful log sheets and a name list of the 79 local government areas. Finally, intruder watch in Spanish boys QRM on 11 metres. According to the IARU Region 1 monitoring system newsletter, Spanish GPS boys are a new threat to the 28 MHz band. You can find their bursts between 28 and 28.5 MHz transmitting an F1B with 51 board and about 300 Hz shift. They were observed and measured by DK2OM and HB9CET and were found to be in the Atlantic Ocean west of Portugal. The Portuguese monitoring system informed the Portuguese authorities. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Shepparton and surrounding districts, it can be heard on 146.650 2 metre repeater VK3RGV at 7.30pm Sunday nights. I'm Kane, VK3HKH. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And ahead of Special Interest Group News this week, a note from Peter Ellis, VK1PE, who has found a classic mention of amateur radio, but in disguise. For my friends in amateur radio, mentions of amateur radio pop up in amazing places, often out of context, and so people may not notice them. I was looking through a set of one-liners on the UK Daily Telegraph website today. There was the English actor Tony Hancock, born in 1924, died in 1968, and one of his on-screen one-liners from his Hancock's half-hour show, The Radio Ham, when he says, This radio lark's a wonderful hobby, you know. I've got friends all over the world, all over the world. None in this country, but friends all over the world. Hello, friends. I'm Peter, VK1PE. Now ATV, where every pixel tells a story. Ham TV from the International Space Station. Frequencies have been announced for the new Ham Radio Digital TV transmitter that will transmit from the ISS in the Amateur Radio 2400 MHz band. The main mission of Ham TV is to perform school contacts between the astronauts on board the ISS and the scholarship not only by voice, but also by unidirectional video from the ISS to ground within the ARIS program. In addition to the existing VHF amateur radio station, ISS will host an S-band video transmitting station. This new equipment can broadcast images from the ISS during the school contacts or other pre-recorded video images up to 24 hours a day to allow ground stations to be able to tune in. It's planned to transmit DVBS signals on 2.4 GHz at either 1.3 megabits per second or 2.3 megabits per second with 10 watts of RF from the ISS Columbus module. The IARU Amateur Satellite Frequency Coordination Panel have announced coordinated frequencies of 2422.0 MHz and 2437.0 MHz. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend Update Australia has 41 registrations with a total of 230 received so far from 30 nations for the fun event in August. Victoria with 11 is followed by New South Wales and Queensland on 7, South Australia with 5, Tasmania with 6 and Western Australia with 4. At least 20 lighthouses, lightships or marine beacons are available for registration in Australia on August the 17th and 18th. 
visit the dedicated website www.illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Dead satellite comes alive. The Times of India reports that a three-kilogram student satellite named Jagnu that was thought to be dead has come back to life. Jagnu was launched on October 12, 2011, with a one-year mission life. After it stopped transmitting, controllers stopped tracking it. Now comes word from Niti Amateur Radio Station Tracking Centre in Bengaluru that it's been heard once again. Also, that whilst its signals were strong, some of the internal functions had apparently weakened. You can read the entire story on the rebirth of this bird at the link shown in the text edition of this news service, best read when you subscribe to the weekly news at wia.org.au. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, there we are, the end of WIA National News for another year. Next week, the news will emanate from the WIA AGM, so there'll be lots of good news, so make sure you tune in. Now, on the social scene, as we said, May 24-26 in VK6 is that WIA AGM and conference in Perth. And in June, June 9, in VK2, the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 38th annual field day. So, till next we meet, which will be in about a fortnight, Walk Softly. I'm Graham VK4BB. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.